0: Welcome to CIR Realty Business Mastery, where we present on topics that will help you build a successful real estate business. While you're here, be sure to subscribe to not miss any new episodes, as well as leave us a five-star review. That'll help others discover us too. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. Whether you have or haven't uh, done a lot of multiple offers, um, or you've been talking to your, your fellow industry members, uh, you, you will come across a time when you'll go through multiple and you'll be left with a taste that it went unfair, or you'll be left with the feeling that what if. You will take in the heat from your buyer or the heat from your seller uh, with their doubts and their fears and their concerns that somebody did something wrong. And usually as a management team, uh, we'll end up hearing about those things. Um, we'll spend a lot of time counseling our agents on ways to counsel their clients. And we'll also spend a lot of time listening to what happened and what transpired, asking you to take some notes, document things, just in case something in fact did go wrong or uh, one party was un- wasn't didn't operate within the rules. The interesting thing that Rika states in their opening videos, um, if you go to the Rika website, you'll hear them say that It's not, uh, the necessity for fairness doesn't have to be there. It's not about being fair. It's about operating within the rules. And what's interesting is some would perceive that, that, well, then we can kind of be unfair. Well, that's not the case either. But when people look at it from a fair perspective, they need to adjust their client's expectations to, did they operate correctly within the rules? So that's one thing, one key note to remember. This is just some general strategy uh, before we get into the buyers and the seller side of things. Um, so educating your clients prior to getting into a multiple offer is always the best way to go. They never want to feel blindsided because when they do uh, feel blindsided, a lot more questions will arise than if they if you had to addressed it with them prior to it happening. Um, When you think about a property type that your buyer is looking for or the property you're about to list for your seller, a lot of times you as industry professionals can predict whether you think a multiple is likely to happen. Sometimes we get a listing, we get awarded a listing on Monday and they want it to be up by Wednesday and there's a lot of pressure to get everything done in time. The truth is that if you think there's gonna be a multiple uh, situation that could play out on the listing you're about to put on on Wednesday, two days later, you really need to take the time to go over it with your seller prior to hitting the market. You wanna give them a little bit of time to digest things. You wanna give them a little bit of time to ask questions. And the same goes for if you're working with a buyer and you're entering into a market segment where there is a lot of, where there is very few listings or they're, they're buying in a community where things sell very quickly. You really want to explain to them how it could go down so that that dreaded discussion of as a buyer when they say i will not compete i don't want to compete you can have some really good uh, responses to help educate them on why they may not have an option so going over things in advance is always the best way to go now as we get into this a quick reminder that if you go to www.rica.ca and in the search bar you you put in information bulletins There's an info list that'll pop up. You can click on that and then you can look for multiple offers. Rika has produced three good videos on general multiple offer strategy, one on multiple offers from a buyer perspective and one on multiple offer from a seller's perspective. Now the beauty of this is you don't have to keep this a secret. You can share this with your buyers and your sellers. You can create uh, a better education within them to proceed forward where you're all on the same page. Um, Sometimes we assume that our experienced buyer or seller that says that they've been through multiple offer before, that they're up to speed and they understand uh, the ins and the outs. Well, it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, Sharing that information with them, letting them watch it, you having a refresher on it before you share it with them, and then discussing what is discussed from Doug Dixon's videos, is a really good way to get on the same page And get those questions and the heebie-jeebies out of them quickly so that if it does happen, they're much better prepared. And if you have any questions or concerns as you go into these scenarios, your best bet is to quick connect a manager. Um, If it's one of those things where the listing is coming in a couple weeks or a month, reach out to your manager directly. If it's something that's happening pretty quick, don't hesitate to quick connect. We are always happy to give you the direction that you need to keep you looking like the professional that you are. From a seller's perspective, I'll just remind you that you want to try to forecast if a multiple offer is likely to happen and educate your client accordingly. Really help them understand how quickly things are selling, uh, what their competition is like, what that can do to prices. Try to help them understand the surrounding areas um, with similar homes, similar builds by the builders, and that can also help you understand whether or not you could be into a multiple offer situation pretty quickly. Um in almost all in almost all situations where a multiple offer is seemingly going to happen sometimes a client will ask well uh how does that work do I want to engage in a multiple offer well in almost every situation it makes the most sense to engage in a multiple offer and create a bidding war most often you know explain to your seller that you know they're most likely to get the highest price the best conditions uh, maybe the possession date they really want. You want to try to explain all those details to them because sometimes they simply just don't know. They're fearful of it. Sometimes sellers will say, I've been in multiple offers and I hated it and I never want to be in that position. So I don't want to put somebody else in that position. Um, a lot of the experienced realtors are, are thinking to themselves, no way. Uh, everybody knows that a multiple offer is the best thing to go, but sometimes the sellers don't. Sometimes their emotions get involved and having that discussion early on will help to set the stage for if it does happen. Uh, One of the most key points that I can make today is that on Rika's website and on Krebs' website, as it pertains to multiple offers, is they have this really simple little statement. And it is, unless otherwise instructed by the seller. That is a pretty powerful statement that flies under the radar for most. In a situation where... Uh, a seller has options, and the seller instructs an agent to do something. You always want to get it in writing, and I'll give you an example of that. You're the listing agent, and you have you have prepped them on multiple offers, and you've told them that what if we get a offer from a buying agent, and somebody from the street a sign call ca- calls me up, and I show the property to them and they want to write an offer. Well, in that situation, you're put into a bit of a bind. Uh, there could be conflict of interest. There, uh, there could be a lot of things that go on. Well, if you can get in writing in advance from your seller, and I, I, I have to key in on that in advance, get it in writing whether they want you to try to refer that buyer client out to another agent, or if they're going to want you, their listing agent, that they trust, that's been guiding them along all the way, If they want you to navigate all offers, including offers represented uh, where their customer status by you or one of your own buyer clients, get that in writing prior to. It's a key component because often the buying side, should they ever hear that you're representing one of the buyers, that's going to create major concerns in the buying side. Thinking, is this going underhanded? Is your buyer or customer status client going to miraculously win uh, because maybe you're sharing details. Now, we we believe in you and we know that you're going to abide by your fiduciary duties and you're not going to breach your rules. We know that. You're a classy CIR agent after all. But at the end of the day, having these things in writing, they will back you up in the event that you were ever investigated or in the event that the management team receives a call questioning your conduct in the matter. We'll get into that a little bit more as well as we go on, but that statement, unless otherwise directed uh, by the seller, um, you always want to get those things in writing. One other thing uh, regarding that same thing is sometimes when multiple offer situations arise, the buyers ask, can you please tell me the name of the agents that I'm competing with? That's a common question that comes up and uh, when I was practicing and I was in competing offers, which I was definitely in a, my fair share of them, I always asked that question. Sometimes I would get a little bit of heat from the seller, from the seller agent, sorry. And the seller agent would say something like, what does it matter? I told you we're in competing offers. Well, the truth is, as a buying agent, I want to do everything within my power so that I can look my buyers in the eye and I can say, yes, I did inquire. Uh, I did find out it was so-and-so from this other brokerage or that the selling side told me that their seller has instructed them not to disclose. Well, a hot topic is that when that does occur, uh, the question comes up, did you get that in writing? Did you get that before? Or are you just saying that to me, agent, to get me to stop asking who the agent is that I'm competing with? You really wanna get something like that in writing from your seller, so that you have the backing in case that question ever arises. You want to consider using a strategy in some cases. Let's pretend that you put a listing on the market and you yielded a lot more offers than you anticipated. Let's pretend you yielded seven offers from your new listing. It's a pretty exciting time. One of the uh, lesser known strategies that agents are allowed to employ is they are allowed to set the the expectations for how everything's going to go. Now in any multiple offer situation, whether there's two offers, four offers, 20 offers, it is always the seller that will dictate how things go down. Now that being said, in an ideal situation, uh, showings will happen on a Thursday, maybe a Friday, and there'll be an overwhelming amount of showings that, uh, that really please the seller. You might want to set the expectation with the seller that, okay, let's tell all buyers that we're gonna look at all offers at 7 p.m. the next day giving ample time for the rest of the showings to occur and more people to prepare their offers and present them. Don't be surprised if some of the offers are only left open until 9 p.m. that same day instead of the seller's wishes of the next day. Sometimes these can be considered a bully offer. In other words, I want you to look at my offer and it's gonna expire unless you deal with me. You really gotta understand the market conditions and understand and explain to your client uh, all the parameters and ask for their opinion on what they want to do. Do they want to set that expectation for the next day? Are they going to potentially uh, uh, go in and negotiate with that one offer? They have to know this beforehand. Now a seller is the one who dictates how they want this to go. So if a bully offer comes in, you really need to discuss it in detail with your client. Get things in writing. And it's always in the seller's best interest, if they're going into a multiple, to give everybody equal opportunity. So maybe it's best to tell that offer that, no, thank you for your offer, but we're we're experiencing a lot of uh off- sorry, a lot of offers are coming in. So we are going to stick to what we said. Offers will be reviewed tomorrow at 7 p.m. Now, in the case of that, that ideal condition where 5, 10, 15 offers come in, and it does happen, uh, reviewing those offers the next day at 7, you may come up with three or four offers that are really close to one another. And in that case, in that, in that situation, it might be best to, uh, do something that is lesser known in our industry. It's becoming more known. It was, uh, Russ Austin with CIR and the team management team that uncovered this when the rules changes a few, changed a few years back. You can broadcast to everybody what the top offer is. You can essentially let everybody know, uh, the top offer was 450,000. It had no conditions. Uh, possession date was 35 days from now, you can basically release the information of the best offers to everybody. The one thing you cannot and never can you ever, ever do is release the buyer's names on that contract. So one, one thing you could do is set the expectation with everybody that all offers will be reviewed at 7 p.m. the next day. And at that time, if you are going to let everybody know what's going on, Have a strategy in place beforehand. Tell everybody you'll be communicating uh, at 7.30, 8 o'clock once all offers have been reviewed, maybe 9 o'clock depending on how many are in. And at that time, tell them, we could counter, Uh, we could do many things. So make sure that your buyer clients are ready to go for when we call. Because you may very well send an email to everybody, all offers that came in saying, here's the best offer. It is now 8.15 p.m. We are giving everybody until 9 p.m. to improve their offer, uh, if they wish, and resubmit by 9 p.m. And that strategy there could elicit a 5 $10,000 over asking price, maybe more. It could get your client their perfect possession day. It could remove all conditions, which leaves your client in the best position of all. Uh, it could do many things for your seller. And at the end of it all, prepping them beforehand, Having a clear plan going in, when the dust settles and the property's sold, your clients are going to feel very comfortable with how things went down. You will be the hero, and you will have all the backing you need in case a RECA complaint could ever uh, arise from any one of the offers that felt like they were, I'm going to say it, done dirty, uh, done poorly. They might think that you handled it improperly. Um, I myself went through a situation like that one of the last sales that I had conducted on a listing just before I became a full-time manager, and the agent threatened to take me to RECA. One of the offers that came in was from a customer status buyer that I showed the property to. And luckily, I had everything documented, all the instructions, and no complaint ever arose. Um, So have your backing, do your homework, and educate your clients as best you can. Let's move on to some buyer strategy. I'm gonna reiterate it again. Uh, when working with a buyer and you think it's even remotely possible or not, that uh, your buyer may have to engage in a multiple, it's best to educate them and set the expectations as early as possible as to what can transpire. I can't tell you how many times, as a manager, uh, we as the team have gotten a call and our buyer's agents is saying, Manager, I can't believe this. The property was on the market for 140 days. We presented an offer and wouldn't you know it, we're competing. It doesn't sound, it doesn't sound possible when you really sit back and think about it, but it happens and it happens a lot more frequently than you, than you can imagine. There's a lot of times where a buyer is sitting on the fence and not sure whether they want to make an offer. They instruct their agent to tell the selling side, Please keep us in the loop in case another offer comes in. Have you ever been, uh, at a stoplight and, you know, you know that that you've got to get over. So you're thinking, oh boy, am I going to gun it or am I not going to gun it? And you wait for something to happen. Maybe the car beside you to, to rip ahead so you can pull in behind or they're going to go slow. So you're going to push it. It's a bad example, but it's a truth. Buyers are often that way as well. The fear of missing out, the fear of losing the property that they've been sitting on the fence for, as soon as their agent gets the call and says, hey, there is an offer coming in on that property, they they get off the fence and they decide to make an offer. It happens. It doesn't mean that somebody's doing something underhanded on the other side. But preparing your client that that could happen as a realistic possibility before it happens is the way to go. Uh, the other common thing that can sometimes happen is a buyer will instruct you right off the bat, I don't want to compete. I'll tell you what, if they're looking right now in a community with very little inventory or properties that uh, have been selling in 14 to 21 days over the last three, four months, if they want to buy, they may have no choice but to compete. So educating them on this, really teaching them about sold values and how fast things are selling is going to be the best way to go. Again, education, it really helps in these situations. Uh teaching them the pros and the cons, finding out if you know if if they say they're not going to be competing and you are a very busy agent, you naturally always want to give them your best. You want to always rise to the occasion for them. At the same time, uh if you are very busy, some of your other clients who are actively wanting to buy a home, maybe they've lost a few properties um, in the past or currently, you know, they're gonna want your time as well. You need to really set those careful expectations with your clients and tell them that if they do want to live in that community, they may have to change their mindset. But it's not going to help if you just tell them. You've got to show them. You know, I learned a long time ago that never tell somebody something you can show them. Well, if you set them up on a auto search through Pillar 9 and they get updates as things sell, they're going to see that occurring without you telling them. And it may change their mind as they build up getting their mortgage pre-approval in place. Um, they may see the sales happening. They may see a property hit the market and sell before they ever had a chance to see it. That could help change their mind and, and not necessarily uh, swindle them into buying. That's not what we're trying to do. But help create the rightful expectation if they want to be victorious in getting into a home uh, that they really want to be in. A lot of times agents will ask, and it's not just new agents. A lot of times it's it's uh, agents that have been practicing for a while but haven't found themselves in a lot of competing situations. What are some of the things that can improve my offer that maybe aren't just price related? Well, I'll tell you what, there's many things that, that come into an offer uh, that can create a situation where you might be five grand below the top offer, but your possession date is way better. Maybe your buyer is representing 20% down, whereas that offer that beat you that was $5,000 higher, uh, is putting 5% down for their mortgage. Um, I've seen a lot of scenarios where we've gotten calls from other brokerages where they're calling me and they're saying, you know what, Terrence, your agent, uh, the, the property posted is sold and it was five or eight or $10,000 less than my client's offer. I want you to investigate because I think wrongdoing happened here. Well, I'll tell you what, if that offer that they had presented had a possession date of 120 days from now, and the client's mortgage was $2,800 per month, that over three months, you know, we're looking at almost $9,000 in mortgage payments, whereas the offer that won was less, but possession was 15 days from now. There's a lot of mitigating factors that can make a seller choose one over offer another, and it's not necessarily just the highest price. It could be the comfort of knowing that this buyer is well qualified with twenty percent down or thirty percent down, meanwhile previous offers that were generated uh, the buyers had to collapse the sale due to financing, so the comfort in a well qualified buyer doesn't uh, can often supersede a price that may be two or three or ten grand higher from another offer. Other things like conditions you want to prep your buyer client that if they want to go into an offer saying, you know what, the last time I bought my house, it was filthy mess. The carpets were 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 dirty. Um, I'm going to exaggerate. Well, I'm not going to exaggerate. I've had it. Uh, there was uh, fried on chicken wings in the oven. You know, all the glass was dirty and muggy. Um, I've got to have a professional clean in the next property I buy. Well, I'll tell you what, when you're competing... Your buyer may want to, re. You, you may want to create a different expectation that in that situation, maybe they need to be prepared to uh, get the property in, in, not necessarily the cleanest condition, knowing they might have to put in some elbow grease to get it to where they want it, but it results in them winning the property. If they have a buyer condition, sorry, a term put into the property of property will be immaculate and clean by professional cleaners or a $1,000 holdback will exist, well, that's one of those factors that is going to probably detract your offer from being accepted. Uh, if they have five, six conditions, um, if they, well, that's a, that's exaggerating. If they have three or four conditions versus an offer that has financing and inspection, that's immediately going to detract the seller from wanting to accept that offer. So really consider the possession date, the down payment. If you're representing a $30,000 deposit, which you should all be explaining to your buyers is 100% refundable as long as they live up to their contract. If they have a condition that's going to uh, get them out of the sale, if they don't get approved proof of financing or it's a poor inspection, yeah, 30 grand is a lot of money to be tied up, but it is going to come back to them. You never want a deal to die because your client didn't want to put up five or $10,000 more as a initial deposit because the seller reading five offers or even two offers seeing a 20 grand over here and a five grand over here with three conditions they may be inclined to go with the 20 grand because they feel the buyer's more liquid. There are so many different factors that come in to why a seller might choose one offer over another. Another thing you could consider having your buyers do is create a well, uh, well written pre-approval letter from their lender. It doesn't have to say their pre-approval amount but it can say that they are pre-approved with a major lender or even somebody through the mortgage broker that gives confidence to the seller that they've already jumped through the hoops. A qualified pre-approval in a well-written letter can really inspire a lot of confidence in a seller to accept one offer over another when those offers are close. One other option, A couple other options to consider is uh, maybe consider having a, a handwritten note that you include with the offer from your buyer. Maybe the property that you're buying uh, is a one over owner home. It was built by a family uh, with two kids. They went to the school nearby and your buyers happen to have one or two kids and they wanna get a message across to the seller that they really appreciate the taste of the seller in, in, in the selection they chose. They're looking to buy this home because of proximity to the schools and having their family grow up in the home, those can create some emotional binds that can have a seller thinking, I love this family. And even though this offer is 2,500 bucks more, I love this family and I want to sell to them. It's things like this that can set your offer apart from the others. Another thing that you could consider doing is being very understanding to the listing agent. Sometimes we get very technical and we get very business orientated when we're trying to win for our client. And sometimes you're busy. You've got three clients on the go. You've got a busy family of your own and you don't exactly have a lot of time to gab. I'll tell you what, take the extra few minutes. Talk with the listing realtor. Show them you understand. You know, this has got to be really tough on you and your seller to some degree. It's an ideal situation, but it's a lot of things to navigate. I appreciate where, I appreciate what you're doing, and uh, thank you for taking the time to consider our offer. Be very understanding, uh, get a heartbeat going with them, where you see eye to eye, and they feel almost like, I like this person. I, I kind of want them to win. You know, all things considered, all of these factors can contribute to your client being the victor, uh, instead of having to go back to the drawing board and find the next property. Another thing about all these competing offers that I really want you to consider, is if your client does not win, why not submit as the backup? Create a carefully well-written backup offer so that hopefully if the first offer hits some turbulence and they come seeking an extension, maybe the seller says, no, I'm not comfortable giving you an extension. I have a backup offer over here. And as a selling side, having a backup offer is a very valuable tool um, it can often promote the first buyer to jump through those extra hoops to get things going quicker to get that pre-approval done. It could have them so that if the inspection comes back and, you know, there's two, three or $5,000 worth of work that, that, uh, you know, is needed on the home, maybe they decide to accept it anyways because they fear that they won't have another opportunity to buy a home like this for several months. There's a lot of, uh, strategy that, that can come into play to benefit your client with a backup offer either as the buying side or as a selling side, when you think about it, if that first offer does collapse, and now everybody gets brought back to the table, there's a chance you're gonna be in another bidding war. Only this time, potentially it's seven days later, and there's been a lot more people able to see the property. So now, instead of competing with one, with two or three offers, maybe now you're competing with five or six. So consider these things and discuss them with your client in an effort to get them the property that they, they desire and they deserve. Couple more things, because I know you all are, are all very busy. Um, couple more things to add in. One of the strategies that uh, you may wish to employ is something that I learned early on, and this is what I had always done. When I'm representing a buyer, I would often say to them when we're competing, let's pretend that you find, let's pretend that we lose and we find out that the, the offer that beat us was $1,000 more than our offer. Are you going to lose sleep knowing you lost for a $1,000? Now, it was never my goal to get them to just keep putting the price up. It was my goal to educate them on what could actually happen because I've seen it on countless occasions. And immediately I would tell them the flip side. Should we win the bid? Are you going to lose sleep because you are paralyzed with fear that you've overpaid for the home? There's got to be a balance. There's got to be a balance of, I can sleep knowing I lost it over a grand, and I can sleep knowing that I'm comfortable paying what I did. And nothing can help more than teaching them and keeping them up to speed on relevant sales and current competition. The the, the crystal ball broke many years ago, uh, unfortunately. We can't forecast what is going to happen in two months from now, three months from now, six months from now. We can just take the information we have at the time and make the best decisions based on it. And educating our clients on, on those factors will leave them in a position where they can make the best decision for them and their family and sleep at night not fearing that they did something wrong. I've uh, I've had it happen to me before where we have been the verbal verbally accepted uh, top offer. And I could tell you it was 5 28 PM. Uh, I believe it was a Thursday. Uh, it was about four years ago. I, my client was the winning bid verbally and we had everything done within five minutes because I happened to be with my clients at the time. We quickly signed it all up. We sent it over to the selling side. The agent contacted me 22 minutes later and said, Terrence, I'm sorry another offer was received in my email inbox and my clients have chosen to accept that offer. And we were caught in a position where we got outbid on paper in writing in the same 22 minutes after we had accepted, gotten the acceptance call and my buyers were livid and I felt horrible. Um, It's a tough situation. But verbally accepted offers don't matter at all. If you get a text saying we we accept your offer, it doesn't hold up in court. Why I'm saying this is because even though my client and I were in a great position and we got everything done very quickly and we sent it over, things can happen. They do. It doesn't mean that wrongdoing happened on the other side. Uh, Not all the time. Sometimes it could. Sometimes it could. But most of the time, I like to believe in the integrity of our agents in the industry. Uh, I like to believe that we all abide by our fiduciary duties. And I like to believe that, you know, in those cases, wrongdoing didn't necessarily happen. What I'm saying this for is because you need to prepare your client that this could happen. You don't want to get off the phone with your client and say, we've got a deal. It's yours. Sign the DocuSign I sent you and I'll be in touch as soon as I've received it back from the selling side with final acceptance. You don't want to say that. You want to set the expectation. We're not there yet. We've got a verbal, but now it's time to get it inked, get it to the other side, and we will uh, pop the bubbly as soon as we've received it back, knowing that our offer has been accepted. Setting that expectation is of paramount importance so that you're not the one calling your client saying, Hey, remember how I told you got the offer? Well, this thing happened and they received another offer in writing and we lost because all that excitement that they had now turns into anger, questions, frustration, and you are the one that's gonna be the sounding board. And you are the one that's gonna to have to answer that, uh, no, I don't think they did wrongdoing, or, well, maybe, I don't know. You don't wanna find yourself in that position. So educate ahead of, ahead of schedule, let them know these options, and, uh, and save yourself the time and the grief. I think I've taken up enough of your time, and uh, I hope that uh, you found this very beneficial. Uh, when in doubt, ask a manager. Uh, well, we definitely want you to talk with your fellow agents and we want you to talk strategy and I, I expect you to continue doing so, helping out the agents that maybe don't have a lot of experience in, the, in these, uh, these areas. We really want you to reach out to management when you have these technical questions to hear it direct from us. Um, some of you may not realize it, but last year, uh, just through Quick Connect, the management team answered approximately 3,750 questions from CIR Blue. That's a lot of questions. It also means that we're very well versed to assist you and help you in the areas that you need. Because we've heard the questions before. We usually have an answer. And uh, if for some reason we don't, we will get the right answer and get back to you right away. So keep in mind that whenever you're in doubt, whenever you have a 90%, you need it to be 100 ask a manager, we will help you in a timely fashion and keep you going, looking like the professional you are. That's it for today. Thank you very much for joining us. And I wish you a great week. That's all we have for you today. And thank you so much for giving us your time and tuning in. Don't forget to like CIR Realty Business Mastery on Facebook and to follow us on Instagram. Take care, everyone.